welcome on into Dynasty Never Rest, a podcast focused on Dynasty fantasy football, trades, and awesome guest stars. This is episode seven of many, and I'm excited to introduce our next incredible guest, Bob Miller. He is the creator of DynastyProsFootball.com, an IDP junkie, and the first guy to give me a shot in the Twitter space. Super glad to have you here, Bob. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Zach. How's things going? Not too bad. Not too bad. I've been, I've made two dynasty trades today, so <laughs> yeah, always I exciting see. stuff. I saw um, that. I saw that. Yes, sir. One, one not super exciting, but the other one had seven players on each side, so that one was pretty big. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about our waiver wire in our new uh, in our Dynasty Pros Rider League where you have like nine waiver claims. That's you, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I'm, absolutely. I am, I am super uh, intrigued on how who these players are going to be tomorrow when that waiver runs. Yeah, um, some of them I think you just got to sort the right way and. And you'll find them, and some of them won't see the value that I see in them. But, but it's better than some of the people that I had on my roster, like Cam Newton and Ryan Fitzpatrick and PJ Walker. You know, those guys probably aren't going to see a starting role ever again. And yeah, so, may as well grab some of those sleepers. You never know. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't blame you one one bit there. But uh, no, I'm, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, and it's been a pleasure having you as part of Dynasty Pros. And, um, you know, it's just been a pleasure knowing you. I've met so many incredible people, and uh, it seems like t- daily I'm meeting so many more incredible people. And, uh, you know, things are going up for us. So I'm really, really excited on what the future brings. So, you know. Absolutely. We're going to kind of break down ravens free agency as bob's a ravens fan um and then (laughs) i am their prospected uh uh draft picks and then we are going to talk a little about dynasty pros um that's what we have in common and and then if we've got some time we'll also talk about idp um because bob roped me into an idp league and it's just something he he values a lot and and knows a lot more than I do. So um, it'll definitely be be fun to uh, break this stuff down. Yeah, I'd be interested in talking some IDPs with you. You know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to shove it in anyone's face. But uh, anyone that's kind of curious about it, I'm always available to uh, you know to talk with folks and um, you know kind of. Uh, keep them from being so shy and so timid from giving it a try because it's it's so much fun and we'll talk about it here in a little bit absolutely all right let's get straight in to the ravens free agency who are who's a player or some players that you have liked that the ravens have signed this offseason well i would have really loved the the zadarius smith signing um yeah yeah but but that 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 was just a fiasco, and I've got Von Miller to blame for that. <laughs> um, and and it's absolutely true. I mean, you know, the next day Von Miller signs his big, huge contract, and and so uh, you know Smith kind of backs out, and 
which was kind of uh, was kind of crappy. But hey, I, I understand he got one shot. You know, make as much money as you can. Uh, but then he went back to the Ravens. Uh, he and his agent went back to to the Ravens and uh, gave the Ravens a counter, and the Ravens accepted that counter. <laughs> and then uh, Zedarius backed up again and says he wanted to take the night to sleep on it. And then the next morning, he proposed an even bigger contract uh, request to Baltimore. And Eric DaCosta said, no, thanks, man. And, and, and when the Ravens kind of turn their back on someone, when they give you a shot and, and you kind of burn them like that, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're gone. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they, they leave you in hindsight, leave you in the dust. And so, you know, Smith had to go and kind of make his own market. And, and he did, you know, but... Um, that one kind of stung a little bit because we really needed some edge rushers. And, Absolutely. And um, even though he's coming off of a major back injury, back surgery, um, it was such a great contract that it was worth the risk. So. Right. Um, but talking about some of the guys that we have signed, um, you know, I mean, how can you not be excited about Marcus Williams? He's quite oh, possibly. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, he's quite possibly you know, the best free safety in the NFL right now. And we signed him to a five-year deal. Um, so mm -hmm. it wasn't a two-year, three-year, or, you know, a one- or two-year deal where he wants to go and test the market again after a couple of years. No, Baltimore locked him up for, for five years, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, yeah, and I think Marcus Williams helps Marcus Peters play the way in which he does because he's so aggressive that it's really nice to have a good safety that's that's back in that secondary to to ensure that if Marcus will, will or if Marcus Peters does play aggressive that Marcus Williams has his back. Yeah, absolutely. And and we all know what Marlon Humphrey, uh the other cornerback is capable of. I mean, he's a turnover machine, he's a playmaker, uh you know, one of the top corners in in the league and uh mm -hmm. and it, and it takes a lot of pressure off of those guys. You know, they had Deshaun Elliott last year and uh Deshaun Elliott was more, in my opinion, is more of like a box safety. You know, he's more of a thumper, um, not much of a center fielder. Um, and that's what Baltimore really, really needed, especially, you know, considering how the league is going with all the passing. And now they're, you know, the Bengals are an up-and-coming team with mm -hmm. that. I mean, Cincinnati threw the ball all over Baltimore twice last year, and it was just, it was awful. Now we did have key injuries and everything, but it was still just humiliating. And so Baltimore's doing whatever they can to, you know, kind of uh, combat that. Um, yeah, so and, very, and very excited about the Marcus Williams signing. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Michael Pierce, they brought back an old familiar face. Michael Pierce, a great, great defensive tackle that uh, is a run stuffer, but he actually has quite a bit of uh, – ability to get after a quarterback he's kind of a sneaky little pass rusher at times so really really excited with with bringing him in to pair him next uh you know after they brought back Calais Campbell for another two years mm -hmm. pairing those two up um uh -huh. uh, I'm very very excited to see what we can do there that's going to stuff a lot of the run and let some of these edge rushers you know do their thing to get after the quarterback but I think one of the the thing, one of the signings that really stuck out to me was Morgan Moses. Uh, they brought him in at right tackle. We had a lot of trouble there um, with our running game getting back uh, to where it needs to be this coming season. 
I think he was a very, very, very underrated signing because we picked him up for three years and $15 million, mm-hmm. And that's incredibly cheap compared to the market. Um, right. So absolutely loved, loved that. You know, it wasn't the sexiest of signings, um, but I love that move, especially for that, that running game and to keep, you know, Lamar, you know, upright. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They've made some good good moves, um, but we'll kind of have to see. Um, they still have a couple needs, and we'll kind of have to see if they take care of that with some of the remaining free agents or they take care of that in the draft. Um, so who are a couple remaining free agents for the Ravens that that you are hoping that they they somehow sign? You know, there's a there's a handful that sticks out to me. <clears throat> you know, Ravens fans have heard this for years, but um, I'm not opposed to Jadavian Clowney. Um, he's the best pass rusher on the market right now. That he's the best that's available. Um, and 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 kind of like Matthew Judon was with Baltimore. It's a it's not all about getting sacks, but it's about putting that pressure on the quarterback, setting the edge. Uh-huh. And and Matthew Judon always had an effect on a play somehow, some way. Like I said, it may not have been sacking the quarterback, but it was rushing that quarterback, putting the pressure on him, um, you know, setting the edge, stopping you know a run play. Jadavian Clowney is exactly that player. As long as he can stay healthy, he is that type of guy that he doesn't have to sack that quarterback to have an impact on the play. And um, that's very, very underrated. So he is a guy that I would love, love, love us uh, to go and, and maybe convince, maybe bring him in on a two- or three-year deal. Um, I'd like to see that happen. So Absolutely. Yeah, WM Clowney isn't a sack monster, but I feel like he's coming off his best statistical season um, from last year. And so I, I do think that um, – I'm surprised he hasn't signed, but he would be a good fit in this this Ravens defense and and fill that Judon role very well. Agreed, agreed. I, I you know it's something that we could use there. Um, another player um, that's out there is J.C. Treader. The I can't believe he's not signed. I, you know, he wants money. You know, he he. I'm sure you know that's speculation, but I think it's all about the cash. You know, Baltimore tried to lock up. Um, Gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on their center that they had last year uh, that just signed with Carolina. Uh, ben, was it Ben? Ah, hell, I can't think of his name. All of a sudden, I'm drawing a blank. Um, you know, they tried to lock him up for several years, and he turned it down. And all of a sudden, he has to take a one-year, <laughs> a one-year, like, $2.5 million deal from Carolina when Baltimore offered him up to almost $8 million a season. Um, uh, to 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 keep him. So that was a that was kind of a big loss. But with J.C. Treader still sitting out there, I would like Baltimore to sign him because of the experience, and it would keep us from maybe having to go center in the draft. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, when you've got a guy out there, maybe bring him in on maybe even if it's just a one year deal. I don't care what it is, but something and try and lock him up a little bit. Uh, you know, a little yeah. bit later on. Uh, 
Bradley Bozeman. Is ba- Bradley Bozeman. There. Yeah, I, was, I don't know why in the world I was drawing a blank on, <laughs> on Bozeman. Yeah, you know, great, great guy. Great, great person. Just a, an incredible human being. Um, but he is a, a living example of, you know, being a little greedy. Uh, uh-huh. Really bit him in the tail. I would be extremely upset with my agent if I was him. You know, he turned down a multi-year deal from the Ravens worth up to about eight million a season, from from what some of the reports I've read, to taking uh-huh. a one-year, two and a half million dollar deal, like I said, with Carolina Panthers. Uh, yeah, so that's that hurts. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, and I, and that and that goes to show, like I said earlier, with the. With the Zadarius Smith thing is once, once, you know, you kind of turn your back on Baltimore, they turn their back on you, man. They move on. They don't sit around and wait. They move on. They make moves. And they've been very, very successful doing so. Yeah, I would would love to see J.C. Treader find a home. I've been wanting him for the Bears um, because the Bears um, have a guy that has played guard and center, but we need both. And so... Uh, J.C. Treader is, is really good at center. He's he's very good at what he does. And so yeah. the fact that he's sitting in free agency has to be because he wants maybe more than he's worth. But, um, you know, yeah, it's possible. I, it, there, there's, he may be waiting till after the draft and seeing how these teams do in the draft and then, you know, making a move after that. Maybe that's – I think that's kind of what Clowney is looking at and probably evaluating what team – you know, he maybe wants to go to like a winning organization. You know, some something uh-huh. that's going to give him the best chance to win win a ring. Um, right. You know, there's another player, St- Stephon Gilmore. You know, him still sitting out there. I know, he, I think he's about 31 years old, but still uh-huh. very, very effective. Um, I've seen a ton of teams uh, linked to him, including Kansas City. Baltimore really, really needs another corner. I don't know if he's really a fit there. Um, to be kind of like a third corner. I think he wants to go somewhere mm-hmm. and and be, you know, you know, be a top starter. So, he's somebody I'm interested in, but uh, I don't know if he'd necessarily be a fit in you know with Baltimore. Yeah, you want to fill the need, but you also feel like the name of Stefan Gilmore, he's going to want to go and be the top dog rather than sitting behind Marcus Peters and yeah, there's a little bit of pride that, yeah, you know, pride kind of jumps in there. You know, you, you, there's no way he still doesn't feel like he can be an effective, you know, top-tier cornerback. So right. I'm sure that's what he wants, you know, to continue that role. Um, so, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, that's some, of the, that's some of the free agents that I'm interested in. There's a lot of them out there, but that's a handful of them. Odell Beckham is always kind of interesting and and he kind of shown after going to LA last season that he's still a very very good player it just the you know the the Cleveland situation just didn't work out for him it just didn't work mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Baker Mayfield's skill set or what it is but uh I mean we all thought he was toast there you know there in Cleveland and uh you know we kind of seen that he's not and so um you know he's always someone that's you know, that's always been interesting, too. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up wide receiver because I feel like with Bateman, Andrews, Brown, in a not super high passing volume offense, 
I feel like that's a solid set of weapons to work with. I do. I, I agree, but I just, I, I, I don't know. We'll talk about this in a little bit when we, you know, here in a few minutes when we talk about the draft. <clears throat> I'm not sure what to expect from Hollywood Brown moving forward. I think he's a good, good receiver. Baltimore picked up his option, paying him a lot of money this year. I just can't see. With the way these wide receivers are being paid, I don't know if Hollywood is that type of... I, I just can't see him being a $20 million a year guy. But well, I'm wondering you could if... You have said the same thing about Christian Kirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I still don't think Christian Kirk's that guy. Right. But right. Jacksonville has to... You know, they had to overpay to get people there. Absolutely. And, um, and so that's, it, it was all about the money. You know, they've got to throw, yeah. just back up the Brinks truck to get people to go there. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think that my personal opinion and, you know, I don't follow the Ravens near as close as you do, but I do think that Lamar and Brown have such a good relationship that it would I don't suspect that Brown is going anywhere. Um, Even if he takes a small pay cut to stay with the Ravens, I think he would do that to stay with Lamar. But obviously you know a little more on that than I would. You know, business is business. um, But I was about to say that is... I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's really worth that, and and it's no knock towards you know Marquise Brown. He's a, he's a great player and a great guy, but twenty million a year. But you bring up a great point. He and Lamar are, I mean, they're like best friends, and so they want to lock up Lamar as well. So that may kind of play a part in it, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean. I have no problem keeping Hollywood, but I mean it's just going to have to be a, at a deal that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> um, Ravens have a couple of holes to fill, but altogether they're a pretty well put together roster. Um, when Lamar's healthy, they are a, a good team with a couple of things positions they can improve on so um as the ravens are going into the draft here um if they don't make any more free agent moves before the draft what are you kind of looking for when it comes to your draft picks Mm, that's a it's a super super loaded question because it really depends on the or, or free agency um first reaction for Ravens fans is we want edge rushers. And, you know, if we didn't pick up a Jadavian Clowney, if we don't sign anyone else, um, you know, to come off the edge, then I fully expect Baltimore to go that route. Uh, it has to be at the top of the list, top one or two, uh, as, as far as needs. And there are some very, very good pass rushers in this draft, like George Karloftis, uh, um, or Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. I mean, both of those guys could be there at pick 14 for Baltimore. Uh-huh. Jermaine Johnson has a lot of skill. He's a, he's a great, great player uh, on paper. 
and he, he flashed some really, really, you know, he did some good things at Florida State. And there's a lot of potential there, but there was still a little something, in my opinion, that might be missing there. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if I would be happy with him at pick 14. I don't know if I would consider him a top 20, top 20 pick, um, just because there he hasn't put it all together yet. There's a lot of the, – the talent is there. He's just not, you know, not really yeah, separated himself. Yeah, he is actually my six, six highest graded um, pass rusher in the draft. You know, Thibodeau, Hutchison are obviously the top two, but mm-hmm. um, he just – Nothing flies off the page for me uh, yeah, on him. Yeah. You know, he's he's well-rounded, um, but I don't find him to be elite at any one metric. That's a perfect way of putting it. I, I completely agree. I think he could be a, you know, a solid uh, NFL player, but as far as being, you know, a top uh, edge rusher, I just I just don't know. If he didn't do it in college, I just don't know if he's going right. to do it in the NFL. You know, so. Absolutely. And there's um, guys that come into the NFL who have been elite in college and, and just don't bridge that gap. And so the guy that, that hasn't come off the page in college, are we expecting it to happen in the NFL? Yeah, it's rare that it, ha- it's ha- it happens, but it's rare. Um, it's very, very rare. George Karloftis, I mean, he's, he's just a hard-nosed, gritty guy. I like him. I like him a lot. I would much rather have him at edge rusher. Um, uh-huh. He may not be quite as fast or as explosive as Johnson, but he's a better player all around. Um, yeah. And he's he's that type of guy that, if, like what I was talking about, Jadavian Clowney, he's just, he affects the play in some way or, you know, some way. He's going to be impacting. He's going to be rushing that quarterback. He's going to be freaking people out. He's going to be setting the edge. He's that type of gritty player, and so I wouldn't have any problem. Um, you know, he's not too, too sexy at 14, but uh, I'd, I'd be perfectly content there. Um, there's another player that could be sitting there that wouldn't surprise me, and that's Trent McDuffie, the corner. Um, some people have him graded as their number one corner, even over, you know, Sauce Gardner and, uh, and uh, our boy out of uh, LSU. Um, I... I I really, really like uh, Gardner a lot, um, but McDuffie, it wouldn't kill me. Um, I think that would kind of spell the doom. That would kind of tell me where, where the Baltimore is going to probably be going with, with someone like Marcus Peters. Um, uh-huh. That could probably, you know, leave Marcus around for another season before probably, uh, you know, cutting ties with him. Um, uh-huh. So I could see that move. Depends on how how high Baltimore has him graded on their board, um, or they could trade back and take someone like a Tyler Linderbaum, um, solid solid center. But oh yeah, Baltimore. <laughs> I I'm an Iowa fan, so okay. I've been watching him for a couple of years now, and he's uh, Iowa does two good things: tight ends and offensive line. You're you're darn right. That's about it. <laughs> And and who was our guy? Who was the center that the that was? Uh, I think he was out of Alabama. 
that uh, Kansas City took last year. Um, gosh almighty, I'm, I'm drawing a blank there. Um, Kansas City's uh, center, but they took him out of Alabama, and he was an absolute mauler. I mean, he is a top, Oh, absolutely. Top, I'm trying to I think mean, of he is a. T- yeah, I was drawing a blank. I didn't want to get on here and start typing and, and figuring it out. I don't know why my brain's not wanting to work tonight. Um, but he ended up uh, he ended up just being an absolute stud his rookie year. Creed and Humphrey. Can, yeah, Creed Humphrey. Gosh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Kansas City hit a couple of home runs on the offensive line last year in the draft. Man, I was so so jealous. But good for them. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, Creed Humphrey is an absolute stud, and and Linderbaum, in my opinion, is as good, if not better, than him. Absolutely. Um, so that right As a there, prospect, I think Linderbaum it is slightly better, but you know, um, just depends on where Linderbaum lands and the coaching and the people surrounding him, because that that does make a big difference, um, especially in that inaugural year, that rookie year, just having you know veterans that'll help coach you and help you to to grow as a rookie in the NFL and, and Humphrey was surrounded by some really good guys that the chiefs went and got in the off season. Oh and goodness. So, yeah. I mean, signing Joe Tooney, uh, getting uh, Trey Smith out of the university of Tennessee and like the, when they get him in like the sixth round. And I mean, he was a projected first round pick at one point. I mean, heck, he was the number one high school. Re- I mean, he was the ranked the number one uh, offensive lineman at a high school going uh-huh. into the University of Tennessee. So, man, uh, it killed me. Hats off to Kansas City, but man, they hit an absolute home run on the offensive line last year with their signings and draft picks. So, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't have any problem maybe trading back and taking Tyler Lindenbaum. Um, I know that probably a lot of Ravens fans would not be happy with that because <laughs> trading back means you're picking up more picks, which Baltimore has a ton of picks right now, but that could mean them trading back up and, and, and making some, right. you know, making it some just gets there. you. And why would you be complaining about having extra picks? It's true. I mean, it just, it allows you to, it just your probability of hitting on a player is just higher because you've got more chances. Absolutely. Um, so you know those would be great, but I'm going to tell you, I, I could be a little crazy, but we talked about Hollywood Brown a little while ago, and the possibility, you know, his future still being up in the air. I would not be surprised. I can call me crazy, but I would not be surprised to see Baltimore go with a wide receiver there at 14. Um, depending on if one of these studs, one of these guys drop. Um, if like Garrett Wilson, for instance, dropped there, because I think Garrett Wilson and and Jamison Williams, both of those are my two top wide receivers in the draft. Um, so if he were to drop because someone jumped up to, you know, take like a Drake London or people are jumping up to grab quarterbacks or something like that and he was to fall, I wouldn't be surprised to see Baltimore go and grab him. And, and the same thing with him trading back. Maybe they take a Jamison Williams because, in my opinion, had he not gotten hurt, he would be the number one wide receiver in this draft. And he has got all the talent in the world. Um, 
his his injury is you know his rehab is is going perfectly fine from all the reports um, uh-huh. that would be an interesting pickup right there it, it, but I, it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if I see Baltimore go and grab like a Jamison Williams. That would be pretty pretty crazy. So seeing that that seems pretty crazy to me. I, it is I, it is a little crazy, I, but you know. I look throw at a couple the board. I look at the Ravens roster and I'm like, I don't really feel like wide receiver is a first round need for you guys. Um, and so like I could see them taking you know. Um, Sky Moore in the third round if he he were to fall, or um, Jahan Dotson if he were to fall, or um, but I just don't think they're gonna pull the trigger on a wide receiver in the first round. Um, I but, don't either. <clears throat> but you know, it, to me, like I said, that would probably uh, say a lot to me of where they would where they feel they are with Hollywood Brown. So absolutely, if they don't yep. want to pay Hollywood. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then go and take someone like a Jamison Williams. Let him uh, rehab that Marquise Brown role. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I think if if they take Jamison Williams or Chris Olave, those would be the two that would basically be the nail in Brown's coffin. Be like, sorry, we're moving on from you. Um, but if yeah. they if they go and and get a guy like, let's say they get George Pickens in the second. I don't think that's death for Marquise Brown. No, that just no. puts a third wide receiver in the system. But the, the speed, elusive, um, deep ball threat guys like Olave, like Williams, I think would be would give you a clear indication of what they're doing with Marquise Brown. Yeah, and I love Hollywood. Don't get me wrong; I love him to pieces. But the thought of having Rashad Bateman, Jamison Williams, <laughs> and Mark Andrews. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's tasty, tasty. <laughs> well, all right, man. Cool. Let's talk about some dynasty pros. How about that? Absolutely. So, my first question here is: What made motivated you to to create dynasty pros? I mean, there's there's several dynasty sites out there what made you want to create yours freedom just freedom to do whatever i wanted um i had written for several sites prior to creating dynasty pros um and i you know originally i started off with one website writing about believe it or not baltimore ravens players (laughs) and um you know it was several years back and they, that's all they wanted me to do was write about the Ravens. And, like, how many fantasy articles can I write about Joe Flacco or Ray Rice or Steve Smith or, you know, Dennis Pitta, for crying out loud. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's just say I, I wanted a little bit of freedom. I asked to, uh, you know, to write some other articles about other players. And there was a little bit of... Uh, resistance there so I went on I moved on and uh, started writing for a couple of other websites Um, not writing but being a content creator Uh which um, that's cool I guess you know that's cool for some people Uh, it wasn't for me just because I was creating content for other people to kind of take the uh, take the glory for it you know right 
Um, you know, you write stuff, you send it over, and then another guy takes it, puts it in his article, and his name's attached to it, and you get no, no recognition right. for it at all. Right. Um, so, after a few years of just kind of being frustrated with that, I, uh, I just decided to come out with my own thing. And it was just fun at first, me and a couple of guys just uh, toying around, goofing off. You know, we just wanted to write whatever we felt like. You know, some, you know, like some people do blogs, they just write about players. And we started off doing that. And um, then I wanted to work on rankings, you know. Then, then you wanted to, I wanted to create like a, a, a trade value chart or even maybe a trade calculator. Um, just started kind of going, you know, expanding from there. And then you meet people. Um, and and they want to get into the industry. They want to write. So, you know, I started bringing people in. And believe it or not, we started getting a little bit of a following. And we started getting some fans. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. But really, like I said, to answer your question, the reason, honestly, the reason why I created Dynasty Pros was just for me and a couple of uh, friends of mine to do what we wanted when we wanted. Just write about who we wanted and and we didn't have to work on a deadline or write about specific uh, a specific player that someone was telling us to, you know, whatever. We just wanted that freedom. And I wanted to create a website for any of those that want to come on board to have that exact same kind of freedom. So that, that was really the big motivation behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being able to create kind of what you want, I feel like keeps the desire in it like uh the motivation you know when you're being forced to write an article about this 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 it, it sort of starts to take the fun out of it and absolutely and so allowing to have that creative freedom to be like hey i want you to write for us but you pick your topic you kind of go where you want to go just write what you're you want to write about and and that creative freedom just just creates a a great environment where you don't feel pressure you just kind of are able to do what you want so that you don't end up burning out with some sites you know you're having to write one or two articles every week yeah and and that burn that can burn you out but when you have this creative freedom to be like oh you know i just just thought about how I wanted to write this article about Justin Fields or, or I wanted to write this article about, you know, super deep sleepers or whatever it is. There's, there's structure, but yet it's so free and loose that, that it helps keep the, the excitement and the fun in writing. Well, you're a part of it, so you see how we operate on a daily basis. And, um, you know, we communicate to one another, and, um, you know, when news breaks or something happens, you know, we, we, we want to kind of get on it. You know, with our series called Dynasty Dilemmas, which has been a very, very popular series for us, um, you know, we want to, we kind of want to be on top of some of these really interesting topics. You know, what do I do with this guy? You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Marquez Valdez Scantling signs with Kansas City, and so people are like freaking out. Like, what do I do? Do I go pick this guy up, 
oh, I already own him. Should I be happy? Should I try and sell high on him or should I just hold on to him right. and see what I've got here? Um, so, you know, we help out a lot with that and, and we all communicate with each other, um, you know, to kind of give each other our own perspectives and ideas on who, what players or what topics we want to discuss just like today. I mean, as little as it was, but, um, you know, Sammy Watkins, you know, signs with the Green Bay Packers, which isn't a sexy move at all, but I immediately go on our, uh, you know, on our chat, uh, and I say, hey, who wants to do a dynasty dilemma on Sammy Watkins? And that, you know, you were there, so you got, you know, there were some chuckles and some interesting right. <laughs> comments made about that. But, you know, in reality, right now, as we talk, that's the wide receiver one in Green Bay. You, yeah. can't, you can't ignore that. Right. Um, you know, so... That's kind of something he, some of these folks out there, listen, he's sitting on a lot of waiver wires right now. And, right, and, and yeah. there's this two-week gap right now to where maybe you can pick up Sammy Watkins and sell him before the Packers take a wide receiver in the draft. Oh, come or, on. You know, you know the Packers aren't going wide receiver in the draft. Come on. Um, I, would, I would love for them not to, um, but I do think that, it might not be their first-round pick, but they have two first-round picks and two second-round picks. If they don't pick a wide receiver there, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I, I agree, and, and I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm working on my mock draft right now um, to release over at DynastyProsFootball.com, and believe it or not... At pick 22, I have the Green Bay Packers taking a wide receiver. <laughs> um, I just yeah, feel I mean, like they have to. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, you would I don't, think. If they don't draft a wide receiver, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Like, he's, he's known to have some temper tantrums and. If they don't, yeah. if Allen Lazard or Sammy Watkins is his wide receiver one, he's not going to care to play football. He's he's got no help. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I I do think they grab at least one wide receiver in the first first and second round, but I could see them grabbing two because they have four picks in the first sixty picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the two two wide receivers would be, uh, in my opinion, it would be a smart move. But I'll tell you, <clears throat> at number twenty-two, I do have them taking Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. I would not like that as a Bears fan. <laughs> I would say not, but he's that big-bodied uh, wide receiver that could be a nice red zone type of target. That <clears throat> I don't know if he's the <clears throat> excuse me the crisp route runner that that Devontae Adams was. But he right. could be that big body in the red zone that um, that's <laughs> yeah, that's perfect for for Aaron Rodgers. So that's that's who I've got them uh, taking in the first round, which would be pretty interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I feel like he's the wide receiver that's gonna the ex wide receiver that's gonna fall there because um, I think London will go in the teams there and. Um, I think London and Wilson and one other wide receiver will be gone before the 20s. Um, 
I do have Drake but, London going before that. I do have uh, also have Garrett Wilson going before that as well. So, yeah, well, we'll just kind of have to see um, how that plays out. But let's get back to talking Dynasty Pros. We kind of oh, okay. got on a little rabbit trail there. Hey, we're talking. Hey, talk. we're talking football. We're talking NFL yeah. draft. How? How? That's not hard to do. Uh. Uh-uh. So. What has been your favorite part about creating and facilitating a fantasy site? <clears throat> wow. Um, like I said, you know, a few minutes ago, it's fun. You know, it's super, super fun. I get to help people win fantasy games. And I, you know, especially get to help them build their dynasty teams. It's something that I'm passionate about. You know that because you're in some dynasty leagues with me. And how many times have I bugged you on trades, uh, Lamar just, Jackson? Just about Lamar Jackson. Just, oh, you, you're so stingy. You, you keep my precious Lamar from me. But uh, well, you, all your guys are old, so I got a little younger. I made that big trade with Darren, uh, with Darren Smith there, and then got a little bit younger there. But, That's uh, fair, but you you haven't approached me since you uh, made that trade. Uh, you will be approached later on, my friend. <laughs> um, but no, no, like I said, I get to help people win fantasy games, build their dynasty their dynasty teams, and and getting to hear that feedback from them. Um, <clears throat> it's rewarding. I mean, it's what we do it for. You know, it's this is all out of fun. It's not to make money, really, or or anything we do it out of fun but Mm -hmm. i'm going to tell you the probably the the thing that i like the most is helping people like you uh and others all these guys that that work with dynasty pros getting getting them an opportunity to express themselves or write about articles and or write about players or write about whatever they're passionate about um that's my my favorite thing um by far, just helping people kind of build their own brand. We have several people that have moved on to do their own things. We're bringing new people on all the time. I'm really excited. We just brought on some guys uh, today to do a TikTok channel for us, um, and they're getting a, a, a super, super big following very, very quickly. Um, so it, I love just teaming up with people and teaming up with, say, other websites and whatnot to just help build the community, build everyone up. Um, I, I just kind of wished I would have had that, uh, myself. So it's just one of those things like a father, you know, you want to give your kids everything that you didn't have. So that's kind of what I want to do for people in a fantasy, uh, you know, fantasy industry. If they, if they come on board with us, I just want to help build them up and, and, and raise them up to a level that they never even thought they could get to. So, Mm -hmm. and and we really appreciate that and and the environment you've created and the community that you've created it's not at other sites like i went uh for a short period of time i went and wrote for another site because they were paying me per article and i spent about three months there it was an article week they gave me my topic they said you need to do this, 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 and and I burned out, mm-hmm. um, and and I didn't get to know a single other writer um, at the site, and I have nothing against the site, but it was just coming from Dynasty Pros to going to something like that 
I was like, I would much rather have this community than $5 per article. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you've just created like some of my, my closest people that I've gotten to know through Twitter are, are, or have been part of the dynasty pros team. You know, I'm super close with Steve, uh, Charlie, Ralph, um, just, um, Darren, just these guys that you've all kind of brought together in this community, in this space, created a fun um, environment where we had ways to communicate with one another. We created a league together. We, we've done articles, collaborated together. Um, We're doing and, a show together. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's just, and like I had Steve on last week and Ralph's coming on next week. And so, um, it's just dynasty pros is different and you've created that you've created this environment that, hey, listen, that I, is different. I appreciate that. I mean, I, you know, I obviously have played, you know, a part of it, but you know, you guys have kind of helped create it as well. I don't, um, you know, obviously I don't have any crazy deadlines or anything like that. You know, I do want people to contribute, um, but it's easy to get burnt out. The last thing you want is for something like this to feel like a chore. And <clears throat> it's all about having a good time and making it fun and showing people your appreciation. I mean, how many times do I tell you guys monthly that I appreciate you, you know, for what you all do? And um, I never get on to anyone about anything. Um, because like I said, I just want it to be fun. If, if we all have families and we have outside responsibilities. So anything anyone brings to the table and contributes to Dynasty Pros, I'm super, super, um, like honestly, I'm very, very, very appreciative of that. So, you know, it's all fun. It's all good, man. It's all love. So, Absolutely. So I imagine there's, some difficulties and some hard parts to maintaining and facilitating a website. So what would you pinpoint as something that's been difficult or, or hard to do while, while creating the site or maintaining it? Well, maintaining is, is definitely, um, it's work. And the hardest thing about it is just creating time. Creating time is, is the hardest part of it to me and to a lot of folks. You know, sometimes you have to wait until your family goes to bed and then you're pecking away at the keyboard writing your articles or updating rankings or whatever it is. That's me. You know, that's me. Um, you know, I, I've got to write articles. Um, I've got to edit other people's articles, you know, and don't get me wrong, I've got... Uh, you know, Tommy Harvey, he's one of my, my editors as well, and he helps out tremendously. Love him with all my heart. Um, he's one of the kind of the, you know, founding guys of the website, you know, with me, you know, kind of brainstorming. We talked about it for a couple of years before we actually did it. So, you know, he's, he's a great, great part of the team and very, very valuable to me. But, yeah, I mean, just like I said, writing articles and, and editing and helping other people with articles. Oh, goodness. Um, updating rankings. Holy smokes, you know. It seems... You know, it doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it can be a little tedious, you know, because if you update wide receiver rankings, 
then you have to go through your overall rankings and then change those wide receivers, uh, you know, in that. Um, and then, you know, we have our dynasty trade values. And so if I update some rankings, I've got to go through and adjust and compensate for that in our dynasty trade values. And that is tedious and it takes time, but it's worth it. Um, bringing in new talent, interviewing people, talking with people all the time, um, getting on our Slack channel and chatting about coming up with new ideas uh, for articles or new ideas just any way possible to, to help grow and uh, you know reach more people. Um, goodness gracious, networking. Holy smokes, you know, Twitter, the Twitterverse is a big, big place. And getting out there and, and communicating with others and talking with others and working with other websites or getting on uh, you know, Instagram, talking with people there, uh, TikTok, you know, Facebook, um, you know, Reddit. There's just so many places out there you can communicate with folks, but every bit of it takes time. And, um, you know, we all have lives and families and I have a full-time job and I've got two kids and, and um, you know, it's just finding that time to make it all work without it feeling like a chore. You got to keep it fun. And there's been plenty of times I've taken a two or three day break and I've just backed up to kind of recharge my battery and kind of refresh. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's that, that that's a lot. You know, right now we're, we're getting ready for, you know, we don't want to kind of, uh, you know, throw the let the cat out of the bag. But we are teaming up with a with a, a big, big website. Um and we're going to be doing some pretty big things with them, which is going to require a lot of time. And then we're getting ready for the Fantasy Football Expo in August. You know, we'll be there and, um, you know, we're looking forward to meeting everyone and, and seeing people in, you know, in person for a change and uh, meeting, you know, any of our fans. So, you know, there, you, you just constantly always got something going on. But the biggest thing, the hardest part, you know, is creating time and keeping it fun and not making it feel like it's a friggin' job, you know. And that's what those other websites you were talking about. Some of these other websites, they're bigger and they do have requirements. They do have expectations. And so, you know, you, you go join some of those sites and they're going to say, hey, you know, you know, Mr. Smith or Mr. Jones, I need, you know, one or two articles a week out of you and we need you to you know, write an article on Patrick Mahomes and I need one on Justin Herbert. You know, I mean, it just, you know, and you got to kind of keep doing that. You got to be on their schedule. And mm -hmm. that, that works for some folks, having that kind of leader kind of, you know, showing you the way. But for some other people, so many people, they get burnt out of the industry very, very quickly because of that reason, because of, you know, feeling like you have to do something. It's just not fun at that point. Absolutely. Um, if someone was looking to get into writing fantasy content, um, what would you say to them? Um, because I, I remember what you said to me, and it was just super valuable um, in me taking the step forward to actually writing. What did I say to you? You said to me, there's literally no harm in trying. You love football. 
So why not put it down on paper and, and see how it goes for you? And that's exactly what I did. I wasn't confident in my writing. I was, you know, I looked over the article five, six, seven, eight times before I sent it in as this trial article for you. And I was just so nervous. I was like, I'm, I'm not a good writer. So he's just going to say, sorry, you can't join the team. And you were just like, this looks awesome well done and welcome to the team and so um just the fact that you encouraged me to to face my fears and just just put it down on paper you know you know football you've been watching football this time just just put it down on the piece of paper and and you'll be good like there's there's things that you'll learn throughout writing more articles but if you just put it down if you face that fear then you can do it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's absolutely correct. It's what I would tell almost anyone, you know, Zach is just give it a try. What's what's the harm? You've but you got to reach out, you know. If there's a a particular website that you're or websites that you're a fan of, um, reach out to them and ask them if you can get, you know, if they give you a shot. But what I would probably say is maybe before you do that or when you do that, create kind of a sample article um, that you might send to two or three different places to, you know, let them kind of check it out. So you and do it now so you don't feel rushed um, when someone says, yeah, send me, type me up something tonight and get it to me tomorrow um, because I want to see what you've got. Um, You know, maybe just work on something now and you know tweak it here and there so you don't feel rushed or where you could make some mistakes but yeah yeah just we're not trained writers we're not we didn't go to college for we're not professionals so we just we're passionate about it and we've got the heart to do it so i you know i'm super encouraging for anyone that wants to get into it we don't judge you know, we, we, we never have, never will. Um, you know, we want to help, you know, people just like you. You know, it took you a while to write that first article, take that first step. I've been there. I've done that. I know that exact feeling. I remember doing my first ever podcast. Uh, I did a, <laughs> I was doing a, a Ravens podcast called the Back Row Raven Show. And I critiqued myself so much that first episode I start I'm, gosh I don't know why I'm telling you this um, <laughs> I was nervous about doing it and I started at about eight o'clock in the evening recording it and I would go back and I would delete everything I just said because I didn't like the way I sounded Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I live in Tennessee, so I kind of had that little Tennessee, that country boy accent. I mean, everything just drove me nuts and I would delete Mm it. I did that. I did that. I recorded so much stuff for that podcast, Zach. I started at about eight at night and I ended at about three in the morning. I'm not making it up. Eight o'clock at night till about three in the morning and my... And that first initial show was 13 minutes long. Oh, my goodness. 
13 Oof. minutes, my friend. A strong 13 minutes, I do 13 say. 13 minutes and five hours. Or, no, nah, that would be nah, seven was, hours. Yeah, it was It was ugly. It was <laughs> ugly, I tell you. But, uh, you know, but you have to start somewhere, and I was but, nervous. And, but now you're super comfortable um, talking and just talking football. That's what it is. And, well, and so... You just realize you got nothing to be nervous about. There's nothing mm-hmm. to be nervous about. If you want to go write for a website, you know, if you want to do your own YouTube show, if you want to do your own podcast, man, just don't think twice and just do it. You're mm-hmm. only going to get better. You know, I, I, you know, one of the bigger ones out there is uh, Dynasty Trade Addicts. You know, um, you know their Trade Addicts podcast and things like that. I remember a few years ago listening to their first first couple of shows i'll never forget it i was sitting on the beach on vacation looking for something to listen to with my earbuds or something and i pulled up. i was like oh my gosh there's a podcast on making trades and things like that oh my lord i'm listening to this oh and their first couple episodes bless their heart they're great great guys their first couple episodes are pretty rough but look at them now you know mm-hmm. so you know you got to start somewhere and don't hesitate just do it you know? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the reasons that I chose to do this live was, was so I, I couldn't go back and edit. Um, just, just it's out on the air. I just put it how it is. And, and that way I don't have the chance to critique myself and, and really so we're spend hours right and being like, why did you say that? Or, you know, it, it's out there, you know, and, and I feel like that's a medium that, you know, that helps me just being live and, and not being able to fret over the, the small things that I say that to other people aren't really that stupid, but to me, um, they can come off that way. And so, yeah, nobody, yeah, you're going to be harder on yourself than anyone else is. So, yeah, yep, you're always your, your own toughest critic and so absolutely absolutely i didn't and by the way i had no idea we were live so that's kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're we're live um oh, good times. that's good why times. uh steve said hi to you on the air earlier oh did he oh i didn't yeah. know i didn't see it oh my bad well oh there he is fantasy ladder he's stevie he's probably not watching he's now, gone but... now but yeah <laughs> so um, we're not going to have the chance to get into IDP today. Um, no worries. But no worries. Um, but I do want to know where we can find you, um, and where we can find all things Dynasty Pros. Oh, well, just go find us at DynastyProsFootball.com. Um, we've got all kinds of stuff there. Rankings, trade values, Dynasty trade values, draft pick trade values, We've got IDP rankings, IDP trade values. We've got Devi uh, rankings. We've got everything there for you. So, uh, you know, be sure to go check us out. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's just DynastyBobFF. You know, you can find me there. Awesome. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. Had a lot of fun talking Ravens, a lot of fun talking Dynasty Pros, and and uh, I hope people enjoyed just kind of learning um, what it took to create Dynasty Pros and, and how the culture 
at Dynasty Pros is, is just different. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. You all make it make it easy. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to end it off here. Thanks again so much. Right. See y'all.